Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from Maine's institutions to God's instructions. Did you ever just want to say, who's in charge here? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. It seems like people do whatever they want to do, with no restraints, no enforced limitations. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Oklahoma and France. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. The last few weeks in the U.S. have been marked with some really serious violence. Mm -hmm. People have really been acting out, as we say. They've been shooting people for no apparent reason, and it's been happening in large numbers. The news media has really been featuring these stories lately. It's very concerning, and we know that it's not new news. That's right. It's really not new. Especially in urban areas, crime and lawlessness have been of more concern for the, I don't know how many years. We've seen people take over parts of cities, purposefully burn down government and privately owned buildings, and stalk and target older citizens just to be wicked. You know, there's a television show that portrays the actions of members of the Baltimore City Police Force as they used their police powers to commit robberies, assaults, and many other crimes. Now, we used to say that art imitates life, but in this case, we have art giving us a mirror to reality. Even at the judicial level, we see judges openly refusing to enforce written law, and in some cases, they give reasons for their decisions. And some of the reasons sound to me like they just don't feel like enforcing the law as written. I always thought that judges decided cases based on written law, not based on their opinions or political interpretations of the law. Psalms 11 sums it up in a very interesting way. Starting at verse 1, it says, In Jehovah I find refuge. So how can you say to me, Flee like a bird to the mountains? See how the wicked are drawing their bows and setting their arrows on the string to shoot from the shadows at honest men? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Daddy, the foundations of a functioning society includes laws and ways to ensure that they are followed. All around the world, we see the foundations being attacked and weakened in our society. Surely this is a sign of the last days. Matthew 24 records Yeshua's description of the end of times. He described people leading others astray with credible claims about the Messiah. Wars and rumors of wars, fights between ethnic groups and countries, famines, earthquakes, and direct persecution of believers. In verse 12, the King James says, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That word iniquity is translated from the Greek word anomia, which means wickedness or lawlessness. We checked verse 12 in Shem Tov's Hebrew Matthew and found the word Rishaot, which means evils. So, because evils will increase, the love of many will grow cold. I think the complete Jewish Bible rendering 
of verse 12 is especially interesting. It says, And many people's love will grow cold because of increased distance from Torah. Now, Daddy, could distance from the Torah, God's instructions, be at the heart of the reason why so many people's hearts have grown cold? And is it fair to equate distance from the Torah with wickedness? Hey, those are good questions, Mama. The New Testament uses the Greek word anomia at least 15 times. Now, it's typically translated as lawlessness or lawless deeds. The a prefix in anomia simply means without, and the nomia part of anomia simply means law. So, without law or lawless seems like a pretty solid definition of anomia. But what law is the Bible talking about? In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Yeshua said the following, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do what my Father in heaven wants. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we expel demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles in your name? Then I will tell them to their faces, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Mm. Mama, the scriptures translated from Greek use that word anomia where I read lawlessness. So do you think that means that people who run red lights, people who jaywalk, or who break other local government laws will have a problem with Yeshua? Well, let's look at this scripture. Yeshua is talking about entering into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Revelation 21, verse 27 tells us that nothing impure may enter it, nor anyone who does shameful things or lies. The only ones who may enter are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hmm. Daddy, the Torah teaches us the difference between pure and impure, or unclean. It teaches us what is shameful, and it teaches us to be truthful. Revelation 22, verse 14 through 15 says, how blessed are those who wash their robes so that they have the right to eat from the tree of life and go through the gates into the city. Outside are those who practice gross perversion, those involved with the occult and with drugs, the sexually immoral, murderers, idol worshipers, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. The Torah covers all of those things as well. So daddy, so far, it looks like when the New Testament mentions lawlessness, the law it's referring to is the one contained in the Torah, God's instructions, not man's law. Hmm. You know, Mama, the Old Testament has a word that was often translated as lawlessness. The word is avon. It means depravity or twisted. Now, Daniel was praying to Jehovah in the Old Testament, confessing the sins of his people. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 13, he said, As written in the Torah of Moshe, This whole disaster came upon us, yet we did not cry out to Jehovah our Elohim by renouncing our iniquity, or lawlessness, and discerning your truth. So, Mama, this is one of many references in the Old Testament that equates iniquity, or lawlessness, to not following the Torah, God's instructions. Mm-hmm. And Daddy, there is another angle to this topic of lawlessness that I want to talk about. Okay. It's easy to see and say that people who commit what we may consider obvious sins are guilty of sin. Mm -hmm. It's also not so controversial to say that sin is the transgression of the law. 
We find that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Mm, you know, Mama, I think I know where you're going on this. Are you talking about the believers who were taught that the Torah is not for today or only for Jewish people? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going. In the past, I did take it personally when others couldn't explain how only nine of the Ten Commandments were relevant for today, for example, or when they would angrily assert that the Old Testament is done away with and replaced by the New Testament without being able to explain the terms of the New Testament. Now, I don't take it personally. Instead, I plant seeds in love and faith, trusting the Ruach HaKodesh to open eyes, just like he opened ours. I feel what you're saying, Mama. It seems evident to me that the lawlessness the Bible is talking about is not just a failure to follow man's laws. It's a show of contempt for the laws and instructions of the Creator. Mm. It's also clear that we aren't qualified to choose the laws of Elohim that we want to obey or the ones we want to overlook. To show contempt for God's instructions is the definition of lawlessness, yet we see the boundless mercy of Jehovah Elohim. Lawless doctrines have been taught for centuries, reinforcing mindsets that stray away from the actual meaning of the Hebrew text of Scripture. The whole time these lawless doctrines were being spread all around the world, Jehovah was working through the efforts of fallible men to spread the knowledge of himself around the world. Now his spirit is opening eyes to the relevance of the entire Bible. When you see Jehovah's word from a Hebrew perspective, none of his word is done away with. From a Hebrew perspective, all scripture is breathed from Elohim and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of Elohim may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When Rabbi Paul wrote that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, I think that all scripture meant all scripture. Mm -hmm. So, if all means all, that includes the scriptures that I may not like as much, as well as the ones I don't fully understand. The book of Leviticus doesn't seem to be in the top ten when it comes to topics in the Christian bookstore, you know? Mm -hmm. Many believers don't like the detailed laws and the animal sacrifices are a definite no-no. So Leviticus seems full of laws, many of which some believers don't care for, but from a Hebrew perspective, the name of the book is Vayikra, not Leviticus. Vayikra is Hebrew for, and he called. In other words, Yehovah Elohim called his servant Moshe in a loving way to give him instructions for Israel. They had the presence of the Creator in their midst, so they could not simply live in any old kind of way. Elohim wanted Israel near to him, so they had to learn what to do and how to live so that they could approach him. That makes sense, Daddy. Just as Israel could not live in a lawless manner and be close to Elohim, we shouldn't live in a lawless manner and expect to be close to Him. The question for our listeners is, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and select from the menu of instructions that seems best for you to apply? Or would you take the red pill Soften your heart so that you're open to the leading of the Ruach of Elohim. Only you can answer that question. Now don't take a hard stance in defense of any tradition or doctrine of men. Be open to the possibility that you don't know all you need to know 
and maybe Yehovah gave his instructions in a Hebrew language and context for a reason. Even some of the books of the New Testament, which may have been written originally in Greek, were written by Hebrews, and those were written in a Hebrew context. Let's pray earnestly about what that means, and let's all be open to the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh. To resist him will definitely lead us into lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have time for today. Read over the scriptures we shared and discuss them with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth.